You're listening to the Learning While Working podcast from Sprout Labs. Sprout Labs works with organisations to design learning ecosystems that accelerate expertise. Welcome to the Learning While Working podcast. I'm Robin Pettit, the founder of Sprout Labs and the host of the Learning While Working podcast. In this podcast, I'm talking with Cathy Granger from the Fort Hill Company about a tool that they've developed called 7020 that helps support learning transfer and the activation of learning in the workplace. So to start the discussion, Cathy, what is 7020? Robin, it's great to be with you today. And what 7020 is, is it's a learning activation platform that is a web-enabled application that works on any type of device, whether a person is using a smartphone or a tablet or a desktop. And the name, of course, is derived from the 702010 learning model. And our focus with the 7020 web application is on helping to activate and document the informal and social aspects of learning in an organizational setting. And I'll say more about that, but that's hopefully a a good starting introduction for what it is. Cool. Um, Can I just drill into what do you actually mean by activate? What we mean by activate is when people have a learning opportunity, whether it is a formal program, an e-learning experience, or even an informal learning on the job, perhaps they're taking on a new assignment as part of a team, the application of learning needs to be activated with some area of focus for the individual. So I'll give you a couple of examples. If someone is coming out of a leadership development program and they've covered a number of different skills and behaviors, when we talk about activating learning, we want people to have specific things or goals or challenges that they decide to work on coming out of that program. And to activate the learning, they begin to use those new skills, behaviors, or knowledge on the job. So the activation of learning is that bridging from acquiring the new knowledge, skills, or behaviors in a learning setting, and then beginning to put it into action on the job. So that activation is the idea of practice and application back on the job. So with 7020, what we're doing is we have people focus on specific learning challenges, and we activate their practice or their application on those challenges by prompting them to uh, take steps to make progress on the challenges, record their progress that they're making, and ultimately and hopefully complete the challenge so that they actually have improved their performance and, and mastered the new skill or behavior. Okay, so this is also really interesting because, I mean, essentially I've heard um, Fort Hill Company for a long time talk about the term um, and I almost feel like you're, you're the world leaders in that um, learning transfer area, but learning trans- transfer isn't a particularly friendly term and, that I, and this is why I've just drilled into this activate term because it's it's a lot more, actually a lot more descriptive and a lot more um, action focused and I actually think it's a better description for what you talk, what, what learning transfer is really being talked about. Well, I, you know, it's interesting you say that, Robin, because I feel the same way. We, we coined the term learning transfer back in the early 2000s. I mean, Fort Hill was started in 1999, and we were the first organization on the planet 
that decided to tackle the problem of poor learning transfer coming out of training programs and to create early versions of web applications to support learning transfer. So we did a lot of research. We created a number of different tools to support learning transfer, but it wasn't a particularly compelling or sexy term. <laughs> and so uh, when we think about 7020, we really want to kind of spark people's interest and spark their um, motivation to take action. And, and so that term activation has entered into our vocabulary a, a lot more now than um, learning transfer has. But we're still essentially talking about the same uh, process of putting new skills, behaviors, and knowledge into play in your work so that you can actually become more effective um, on the job. Okay, so this is also um, interesting in terms of this is this is essentially Fort Hills Company's second generation tool as well. Um, why did you develop seventy twenty as a tool separately from your first generation tools? We developed it because we, over the last few years, Robin, we're seeing just some massive changes going on in our client organizations. And, you know, there were many, but a few that are top of mind. I mean, one is just the influx of the younger workforce, the, the millennials that everybody likes to talk about, and their very strong use of technology all the time. Everybody has a smartphone with them, and with smartphones, people have internet connectivity all the time. And a lot of our clients were just seeing people kind of bypassing the, the typical training and development opportunities that, that were being offered in a more formal setting and problem solving on their own and doing um, Google searches on their own and just finding different ways um, to do self-directed learning. And that idea of enabling the learning and development organization to really transform itself to become much more... Uh, current around, you know, learning in the flow of work rather than expecting people to learn when they come to formal programs was really becoming obvious. Also, just the use of social media and um, the whole notion of being able to transform the way L&D departments deliver their value inside their organizations to kind of move from that old push mentality where traditional push is really designing and delivering training that the training department deems to be necessary versus enabling more of a pull psychology of enabling people to pull to them the information and resources that they need to do their job. So it's been a really interesting time, I think, and I'm sure you're probably seeing it with your clients too over the last three to five years, I think there's a really major change underfoot in um, a lot of L&D organizations that we see. And that's why we really felt we needed to create a new tool to be much more current and much more cutting edge for all those changes that are going on in our client organizations. Yeah, I, I think there's a real, really interesting shift where it's also not just being talked about, people are actually starting to make it happen. Um, um, interesting that people sort of start to sit there and go yes 70 20 10 is a starter idea but when you get deeper you get into a more continuous learning culture and um, some of those things you're talking about of trying to then think through well how do we really foster informal learning um one of the things I'm sort of interested in talking a little bit about is he talked through the sort of notion of being able to um, have challenges and then respond and record 
those challenges called called progress and evidence towards those challenges um i'm just sort of is that the most powerful thing do you think in that terms of fostering informal learning of being able for an employee to set a goal and then move towards it or is there something else that's the the key well i think that um it's a really interesting um question because if you go all the way back to like 1971, Alan Tuff wrote a book about, um, you know, informal learning way back, you know, many decades ago. And he actually described adult learning as being uh, a process of having highly deliberate effort that was focused on gaining knowledge, skills, or behavior, or changing habits to improve capability. And he actually defined that in his book in 1971. And we were really intrigued with that because even though that's, you know, almost a a 50-year-old concept that he was talking about deliberate effort to gain certain knowledge, skills, behaviors, etc., we really thought that that was an interesting element of learning. And when um, Cal Wick, our founder, and I uh, presented um, at ATD in May um, this year, we we talked about the difference in informal learning being uh, in the moment, such as impromptu learning, which you can define as, you know, I have a question, I have a term, I know I need to know it, I'm going to do a quick search on Google, I'm doing a quick search on Wikipedia. That type of impromptu learning is sort of in the moment, and you might do it multiple times a day. In comparison, when we talk about a learning challenge, which would be something that someone would work on in 7020, we define a learning challenge as taking on a challenge that requires some level of deliberate effort that you need to work on, whether it's over a few days or a week or a month, but it has multiple steps involved and it involves multiple activities or actions. So to pick up on your question, what we wanted to do with 7020 is we wanted to create a platform that would enable people to work on a wide variety of challenges over a full year. So a license to use 7020 is good for a year. And in that time frame, an individual can work on an unlimited number of challenges, some of which can be related to formal programs. So if I take two or three different courses a year and maybe a few e-learning things, I can be working on challenges related to those formal initiatives. But I also can create my own informal challenges. So if there's something I need to work on that might be a performance gap that I've identified with my manager, I can identify a challenge to maybe work on my social media marketing skills or pick up on something related to negotiating with vendors or whatever it may be. And so I can take on a challenge that is of my own creation of something I want to work on or it can be related to formal uh, programs, but we have we had to find a way in this web application to organize the user experience, and and you can create an environment that um, is around social or collaborative learning that can be rather unstructured, and it doesn't give people any sense of momentum. Like I start here and I end here, and we really wanted that sense of moving towards an outcome on those challenges. So that sort of ties into the activation idea, Robin, because we think people, you know, activate learning on things they're motivated to to learn, and then there should be some kind of a completion point, and then they pick up new challenges. 
and hopefully that makes sense to you. It does. I mean, there's a really there's a huge amount of um, wisdom in that as well, um, in terms of a few different things, um, especially that social learning side of things. Um, I think we use the term of think, social learning needs to be structured, and I think the challenges are part of what you're talking about with that, but it also just come across the notion that it also possibly sometimes needs to be really specific so the challenges sort of help to hold that together as well um yeah yeah we, we've done a trial of um 70 20 internally um haven't really worked with many clients with it yet um, um one of the things i'm just interested the challenge challenges means that you can do some different types of measurements that I think can be really exciting. Can you just talk a little bit about how that works? Yes, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that we learned through our own experience and also, quite frankly, was some negative feedback about one of our earlier generation learning transfer processes was that all of the progress that individuals using our legacy systems, um, all their progress was self-reported. So I might be working on a couple of development goals coming out of a sales training program, and I would you know, track my progress. I'm just getting started. I've made significant progress, and I've finished my goal. It was 100% um, self-reported, and there was never any external second party looking at what I was doing, observing my, my change, and saying, yes, Kathy, you've actually improved your performance on that. So what we wanted to do with 7020 was to build in um, both a self-guided level of progress indicators. We call it a learning outcomes index. And as individuals progress on their challenges, uh, whether they're related to a formal program or something I want to work on myself, um, people self-assess on the learning outcomes index. They start at zero when they're just getting started and, and haven't really done anything. And they progress up to 100 points when they have completed the challenge and improved their performance on that particular skill behavior. And what we decided to do to address some of the feedback we'd gotten on our earlier system is that we wanted to have a validation step. So, Robin, if I reported to you and I was working on that new sales skill or negotiating skills, I could move through my progress, rating myself from 0 to 25 to 50 to 75 to 100. But when I complete the challenge and say that I have uh, improved my, um, you know, how to handle an objection skill, I would have my 100 points validated by you, which means as my manager, you would actually get an email message from 7020 indicating that Kathy Granger has completed her sales objection handling challenge and can you review all of the progress she has posted and think of your observation of her skills and you can either confirm and agree that she has improved her performance or you can say, Kathy, not yet, you need to keep working on that. And so it gives either the manager, the coach, or the mentor the ability to verify or validate that the individual has actually shown visible progress and actually improved performance. So that measurement piece is both a self-assessment of progress that is visible to our, our sponsor of the challenge, but is also a validation step that involves another person agreeing. 
Yeah, which is really nice because it's one of the things when most people are not great at self-assessment, um, we either underestimate or overestimate. So having that sort of checkpoint is a really nice one in terms of um, mm. that. And it's, it's actually interesting in the Australian vocational education system, the um, third-party third testimonials are one of the things that are quite often one of the most powerful ways of measuring competency. Um, it's also interesting, we've started working with clients around the notion of learning logs, which are this really free-form recording of learning and, and notes. But I think it's this challenge idea and recording the challenge that possibly makes it this give that sense of um, visibility and can also help to be in a spot where it takes the more informal learning and gives a visible measurement to it as well. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's actually one thing, and it's partly to do with Fort Hill Company's background in learning transfer. Some of our clients that are starting to get fairly mature with using the 70-20-10 learning model are finding one of their challenges is when they need to bring in new knowledge and need to bring in consultants and trainers. Um, the, the consultants and trainers really gr have trouble grasping the 70-20-10 model and implementing it. How are sort of consultants and trainers starting to use it with their own clients? It's really interesting you say that, Robin, because most of the um, partners that we're working on, and I define a partner as a consulting firm, whether it's small, medium, or large in scale, um, the consultants that we're working with who are using 7020 are are people who are getting asked by their clients to create a much more holistic or comprehensive type of learning solution that is not just about you know designing and delivering content and i think there is a real uh, tendency among people who become experts in their field, and we see this actually a lot in executive education too, especially in North American um, higher education and exec ed providers. I think that people get very wrapped up in the pride that they have in their expertise, in their areas of, of strength as consultants, and they feel that if they can design and deliver uh, a terrific learning experience, which is pretty much a, you know, a 10 in quotes with uh, five out of five ratings and they've done their job as the, as the subject matter expert on that topic or content area. I think the fallacy there and I think the real weakness for a lot of um, consultants is that if that's all they bring to their clients, they are bringing a, an incomplete solution and they are sub-optimizing every possible element of the learning experience and so we are finding consultants who are coming to us saying we realize we need to create a more end-to-end -end solution we need to think about the experiential learning after the before and after the program we need to think about the coaching and the performance support tools and we simply don't have the technology wherewithal to provide that to people in a scalable, cost-effective way, which is why people come to us and say, could we incorporate 7020 into my company's consulting deliverables so we have a more holistic solution? And that is, um, that is a joy to me because obviously we have spent 
an enormous amount of time and effort and money to design this platform, but you know we need to offer the platform to people who see value in it. So it's always fantastic for us to collaborate with consultants who want to bring a more comprehensive solution to their clients because we can essentially become the subject matter experts on learning activation and using digital technology to support that. Yeah, and you're right. So it's quite often those um, organizations, they, yeah, they don't have to know it all. They don't have the scale to be able to do their own digital learning solutions, but their clients are demanding it from them. And yeah, a tool like 70, sorry, 7020 gives them that structure. Um, it's quite exciting, I think, um, because I, we, we're having more conversations with those sorts of consultants and trainers and it's been one of the, mm-hmm. the types of clients we've done a, little, a, a couple of referrals to the 7020 tool as well because I just think it gives them a possible framework to be able to pick up fairly quickly to really extend what they're doing without having to add too much cost or complexity. That's exactly right. And and we, we've been in this business for 17 years, so we've been working with partners since our inception. And so we are really cued in pretty carefully to how to sort of integrate this into another consultant's offering. So, you know, we, we know that we become essentially a subcontractor to the consultant who is the lead person on the, on the design and, and delivery of a solution for their client. Um, but we can add tremendous value at a relatively low cost very quickly. One of the things that I think has been so interesting is that our clients are beginning to think about um, how they create a learning experience. Um, Some of our clients are talking now about a learning journey or a learning experience, and they're, they're dropping the word program from their vocabulary a little bit more often. And what's been really fun is that we see clients being a lot more creative in terms of how they create that surround for a particular learning um, experience. And I'll give you an example. Um, We have a client that is using um, 7020 in a global leadership development program. And it's actually a nonprofit. It does uh, supports children and families all around the world in war-torn areas. So they don't have a huge budget. They needed to find a way to create a high potential development program for people literally all around the world. And um, what they have done with 7020 is they've been able to take what used to be a year-long experience, which had um, one instructor-led Um, starting a a week at the beginning of the program and then the rest was pretty much people left to their own devices working in their respective geographies um, with occasional touch points with a a coach by phone and uh, submitting uh, forms via Excel spreadsheet back to the main uh, corporate learning group. What they've done with 7020 is they've been able to create a platform that supports the entire learning process from the minute people sign up for the program all the way through the end of the process. And that program has been transformed in such a way that the group of 30 or so participants are staying connected with each other in a virtual platform. They're working on program level challenges that reflect the organization strategy and the leadership strategy so they have shared challenges that they can view each other's progress posts and accomplishments they can coach and comment to each other 
And at the same time, individuals can work on private development uh, challenges that they are working on with their executive coach. So we've pulled together this entire learning experience, which used to have a lot of disparate pieces, if you will, and now it all lives on one platform and the client um, program leaders that are based in San Francisco in the U.S., they now have one platform they go to and they can see the entire experience of all of their participants. They can see all the coaching activity. They can see all of the accomplishments on both the program level challenges and the personal challenges. And it has really transformed the way they think about the program. Um, I have a number of different examples, but what's been just most exciting for us is that the, the, the tool itself gives our learning leader clients um, new processes and new approaches to create a very different type of learning experience for their internal clients. Um, and that's been really gratifying. It's actually interesting. The, it, there's a lot of talk in service design around um, customer journeys. Uh, and generally in the design mm-hmm. thinking area, there's been less talk about experience design recently. I think it's become more embedded. But I think learning is really behind with that um, and using that sort of type of more holistic thinking as well around that. So that's a really, really nice, nice example and some of those shifts and moves. Um, yeah, it's been a really interesting conversation um, around the, the tool and also that, that takeaway around the using the word activate rather than learning transfer. If people want to find out more about the tool, what, what can they do? Well, they can go to uh, www.7020.com, and there's a hyphen between 7020, so it's 70-20.com. You can also go to forthillcompany.com, or people can email me directly, and I'd be delighted to receive an email. Um, You can reach me at Granger, G-R-A-N-G-E-R, at forthillcompany.com, and I welcome any and all conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kathy. You're welcome, Rob, and thanks for your time. Thank you for listening to the Learning While Working podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please leave a review. If you want to find out more about Sprout Labs, go to sproutlabs.com.au. We regularly run webinars and publish ebooks and guides about learning while working.